Hello, and welcome to Gaming Fix. I'm going to need y'all to pull out your ID and show me your gamer cards, your credentials, because this is a stick up. And give you a health insurance card. Alex Jelena, prove your gamer credibility ID. I didn't think this through. Well, my ID got leaked by the ESA, so. Oh, well, that's a true gamer right there. Or is it you're, well, if it's leaked by the ESA, it means you're a journalist, so you're not a true gamer. Exposed. Allison, Saigon. Uh, if you want, I could go grab my original Game Boy Color, which I bought several, like, 20-plus years ago. Does that work as a form of identification there? Uh, I mean, yeah, Minnesota's really weird, so. Yeah, cool. I just, um, I just bring my uh, Game Boy Color, and I, they go, okay, you're clearly an adult, so. Uh, Pat? I have, a, I have a, a recently expired zoo membership he does we can see it that's there's a qr code on there yeah oh seven twenty one twenty your uh you know use your uh qr code scanner on the sound wave of this podcast to find I'm out i'm pretty sure they just use it to scan it when i go into the park <laughs> which i can't do right now because it's expired an arg uh samuel harrison your credentials so i have uh, I have this. That's what. That's my train card. That's okay. that's, train. Doesn't say anything about being a gamer. I have two loyalty cards for food. Yeah. Uh, well, does it <laughs> say gamer grub? My my ID. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I didn't see any. Uh, wait, a, did that say yeah. driving license? Did that, did that say yeah. learner's permit? Yeah, I don't drive. Oh, I can't drive. Oh, okay. okay, okay, it's provisional. Okay, because I remember you talking about not driving and needing to learn to drive, but I thought maybe that was just a regular driver's license. Ah, there, there's the good. That's what I'm looking for. That's the membership card for the game store I used to work for. All right, there, there we, go. we go. Okay, he's the most legit, true gamers. Yep. All of you. I'm a showcase insider. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I can travel in London if needs be. Also, oyster. Ooh. <laughs> you go for some oysters. I have uh, two transit cards. I do too, because uh, one was left by my mother, and, 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 and now the listeners at home, Sam's just showing us receipts. So yeah, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> like, Sam's taxes. You know what? I haven't done. I haven't done my taxes. This is a thirty-two pence discount. American uh, taxes. Yeah. Your American taxes were definitely due like five months ago. Hey, guess what? I don't owe them any money. <laughs> okay. Well, then you don't have to file them anyway. No, but they should pay this, me because I paid this, stuff anyway. I don't it's a think for Nintendo Pro Controller. That's that pretty ship, much my game. Crash. That ship may have sailed. They're not going to pay me. Well, they weren't going to pay me anyway. That's why I haven't done them. Well, yeah. uh, I'm, but I but I have to do them anyway after the fact. Like if I go back to the states, then I have to do my taxes for like the time I wasn't there. That's All right, welcome to right. today's tax evasion fix. Yep. Uh, so far, Sam is the most uh, legit of all of us again because he's showing us all of his receipts. I can yeah. start pulling up email receipts for the games I bought this week. <laughs> Look, bud, you can Who you can take an email receipt. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, how about you show us the receipts, Pat? What games did you buy this week? Uh, I bought Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. After I told myself that I wasn't going to, I also wasn't originally going to be on the show this morning. So Alex may not have video, which is totally fine. Um, Cause I don't have to talk about it for too long, but um, I mostly didn't think I was going to even be awake this early. Cause I told myself I wasn't, I was going to skip the show and then I am and I can't go to the store until like eight anyway. So, uh, <laughs> so I was going to be sitting here not doing anything <laughs> probably watching the show. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, get things wrong. Originally I told myself that I wasn't going to buy any other switch games until I finished fire emblem. But uh, I have been reading like loads and loads of Marvel comic books um, which are like extremely good. And um, it has put me in a, it put me in a mood to just like want to play more Marvel-y stuff. And I started reading more about like, I kind of saw the reviews for ultimate Alliance and saw that they were sort of middling and was like, eh, I'll check it out eventually. But um, I kind of dug into a little bit more of the like specifics about the game and, um, and found it sound sounding a little more interesting to me. So I picked that up. Um, and it's a lot of fun. I played the first few levels last night. Um, I went into the first like infinity rift and that stuff is cool. Um, that's a cool game. It's very simple button mashing in terms of the like light and heavy attacks, but, um, it's really flashy and it's kind of fun to build the teams of heroes because they all have like different, team synergies which is a thing from the older ultimate alliance games but it's fun to like see how you can fit them together in different ways um because it's not just um like oh the avengers and the spider friends it's it goes a lot deeper than that so it has stuff like um the big brains team <laughs> which is my favorite thing it's like smart people <laughs> got modok no there's no modok yet but it has like so far with what i've unlocked it's like um, Spider-Man, Iron Man, and the Hulk. Um, I don't know that I have any other big brains characters, but like they get different synergies based on that. Mm-hmm. I do. I think that the women of Marvel team synergy is a little odd. I mean, I know that's like a thing that the, a tag that they use, but I also think in like video game terms, it's a little weird that it's like <laughs> your team's all women <laughs> synergy boost. It feels a little, it's kind of like that scene in Endgame where it's like, look, we've put all the women in one's frame, which is like cool. But also when you stop and think about it, you're like, "Mm, yes. Yeah. For me, that boost was fine because I like using like a lot of my favorite characters are female characters. So I was just like, okay, this is offensive. It's It's just just, right. It was just a passive thing where I'm like, okay, this, I just happened to get this boost. That's cool. I just like, as I was reading the team boosts out to my partner, I was like, oh, it's a little strange that that's a seems, team seems, thing. It seems vaguely pandering. Exactly. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's like in the game, like they, they want you to be able to like put whatever weird team you want together. And so I think in that context, like, Oh, I mean, they could probably come up with something more creative, but if it's just like, Oh, you put a bunch of ladies on a team. Oh, you get a synergy. If it was, if they had one, it was like, Oh, it's all guys. It's a sausage 
party yeah, they also by i think that would like, balance it out a bit though what if it was like thing. yeah like, that's like to me that's kind of saying the same thing as like oh it's all black guys see we're inclusive yes like, right it, yeah yeah i don't know it, it's, it's, I, it's, I, I, it's not that many black people uh it's t'challa in it uh is blade <laughs> in storm it? in it blade will be in it okay so okay you got blade storm t'challa miles morales yes yes in fact he is there you go there you go uh yeah so it would be weird if they did that and it's a little weird to me again it's like if they if they had like a i'm not arguing that like i think that it should that there should be a men team because men need representation oh yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely would think people would know that but um but 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 like it seems a little weird to me it's i just thought it was odd it's not like a thing i I want me to drag out because it's it's a fun game and i don't think that i mean it's a branding that marvel uses yeah Um, so it's just i was i was scrolling through i thought that was like it made me pause a little bit (laughs) um Mm -hmm. Not quite. I mean, I thought that the big brains team was definitely funnier though. <laughs> uh, uh, my partner good. thought that I was lying. She thought that when I was going through the list of team synergies, when I said big brains that I was making a joke. Man. If you use like a, this oh, should be man. like a Gundam's team. That's like Hawkeye. There's all the stupid characters. Well, what's funny is like, it does get pretty granular. Like there's Avengers and new Avengers. Those are two different team synergies are and a lot young Avengers. I don't know yet. I haven't seen any Secret champions Avengers? probably there's inhumans though. I think, uh, um, teen Titans. yeah, cause crystals on the team crystals in it. And I Justice think there's league also, and that game has deep cuts too. like, um, the dog, Chris, the, the inhumans dog, whose name I can't remember. Uh, lock lockjaw. lockjaw. Right, right, right. He's like the thing that makes it so you can change characters whenever you want. Not whenever you want, but at like checkpoints. Weird. He, 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 since he can, he can teleport through yeah. reality. He's the thing that allows you to call people to you <laughs> oh. at, at shield checkpoint. Okay. Also, the voice acting is quite impressive. Like mm. they got really good voice actors like Nolan North's and, uh, and Troy Baker's. And I don't remember if both of them are exact. Are Wait, did they actually get Nolan North and Troy Baker to do one of the two of Nolan North is definitely in it. He plays rocket. Um, but he sounds like, he sounds just like Bradley Cooper too, which is, yeah, that's very impressive. Um, weird. I think Troy Baker's in it, but I could be wrong. Um, does Nolan North also voice Deadpool? (laughs) Cause yes, he, he does. He, okay. he does. He also <laughs> voice Iron Man. Cause that's I don't use in the Avengers game. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it, they, the voice acting was like, um, I was not expecting the story to be, um, interesting to me, but it actually is quite good so far. Um, and, uh, yeah. So like Yuri Lowenthal plays Peter Parker. Um, uh, he is who That's, always plays. Yeah. Eric Loomis plays Tony Stark, Iron Man. I don't know who that is. Okay. Uh, but Steve Blum plays Wolverine. Um, Does he say Bub? I haven't encountered him Snicked yet. So. Bub. Uh, Does he say Shepard? <laughs> Does he say I'm Wolverine? Uh, and then what was the other? It was another really really notable one. Uh, Allison, you're the one who has the game. You should know this. I d- I don't remember who's doing the voice acting. Steve Blum plays yeah. a lot of characters in this. But he game. does. 
have you seen the other one was that ashley birch plays nebula oh, oh. yeah i saw yeah which That's is an interesting wild. pick yeah it's she's really good she sounds just like the woman who plays her in the movies in the game um Karen Gillen. yes yeah yeah sorry I, I don't know why i forgot that uh um i and clearly the direction that the voice talent was given for this game was try to sound like the movie character yeah <laughs> um because like the guy who plays uh fury is clearly like it's funny because like Every other word sounds just like Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> then every other word is like a little too exaggerated. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree with that. So I was, I, I enjoyed it. I thought, I think he's, he's a good performance. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a wild voice cast. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, it's a pretty fun game. Um, I'm enjoying it so far. It's, it's obviously very simple, like very mashy. Um, there are the infinity rifts seem interesting though. They do things like the first one, you just have to use powers. So you have to manage your cooldowns um, because your normal attacks don't do any damage um, and fight an encounter from earlier in the game. Um, so that stuff seems cool. And the DLC sounds good. They're adding free characters. Colossus and Cyclops are coming out this month at the end of the month. Um, and then the Marvel Knights DLC hits September um, and I, I was un, under the impression that the DLCs just added characters, but they do add story stuff. So presumably there will be like a Marvel Knights level or something when they add those characters, uh, which would be pretty cool. Does it tell uh, an original story or is it rehashing some existing story? It's mostly, uh, you can answer that better, Sam. Uh, yeah, it is original but it is kind of a rehash of um, Marvel's Infinity event, but also Infinity War, the Marvel movie. Yeah, uh, it's still, it's the Infinity Stones and stuff. I mean, it's a lot more wide reaching because they have such a wild, like obviously Crystal wasn't in the MCU. Um, and there's well, a few characters like that. The she's in what? She's in the Inhumans TV series. Oh, fair it's enough. No longer, I haven't seen that. No longer a thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, the, they do things like, you know, the first level you're playing as the guardians and you're on a Cree warship, which like, obviously that's a thing now, but it, for it to, the game to start off fighting a bunch of Cree on a Cree warship is very like, it's, a bold move that they didn't like start the game in New York with Captain America fighting Hydra or something, you know, like it, it's, it's interesting. And then like you very quickly move to like, you're in the raft with Spider-Man fighting villains in the raft. Um, so it, it doesn't draw too heavily from the MCU. It's more like the MCU kind of fits within its Venn diagram, but it goes a lot further than that. Uh, and like a lot of stuff, stuff about this game is benefits from the existence of the MCU. Totally. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to start with the guardians if it wasn't for the MCU. Yeah. Like if a 12 yeah. year old kid who never even heard of the original Muas picked this up and like had also watched all the MCU stuff, would they have a good time with it? Totally. Or is this yeah, absolutely. You okay. don't have yeah. no prior knowledge of ultimate Alliance. Yeah. The only okay. ones that I played that are even remotely similar is one of the original X-Men legends games on GameCube. Oh, okay. I didn't play the <laughs> other, um, ultimate alliances and and progression is not particularly impactful at least where i'm at so far it's stuff like oh this does a little bit more stagger bar damage like it's it's pretty the the changes in power to your character i think are mostly kind of behind the scenes stat boosts that you're like getting more health and attack power so it's not like a particularly deep game but um 
it, it's deeper than I expected, frankly. Um, I was kind of thinking it was just like a everyone press starts and then you start and then you mash the buttons and the and the enemies go down. Whereas it, there is some degree of like, oh, you have resistances and this elemental type attack and stuff. Um, so from what I understand and what really sold me on it is that at higher difficulties, the game starts with saying you need a level 40 character for this for the opening mission and you have to start like actually like managing those synergies and affinities more because you have to think about what enemies you're fighting against and stuff. Um, so that's kind of my understanding is that it gets a lot deeper when you start playing it at higher difficulties. Uh, and for me, like just leveling up the characters is fun because they're the, the art's good. It's a surprisingly good looking game. Like I think it looks better than fire emblem um, in terms of like technical uh visuals like obviously art design is a very subjective thing so i I wouldn't say that but um but like it the environments are pretty impressive it stays pretty stable frame rate um there's tons of particle effects going on all the time and it still handles it well um and like the 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 character visuals are like surprisingly good for a switch game in my opinion um so yeah i was impressed at the level of polish and and like fidelity there definitely um anything else on marvel uh i turned it on this morning and i almost fell asleep three times playing the first level but that's that's just because i'm tired (laughs) oh no no it's funny because like i definitely don't have a i would not suggest that this is a like objectively better game than fire emblem of course however I, with both of them on installed on my switch right now, I am much more interested in jumping into Marvel less because I think it's better and more because like, it's just an easier game to jump into and out of. It's Uh, also like, it feels very kind of cozy. Yes. It feels very good to play. Like there is not a lot of stuff going on. You mash the X and Y buttons and then you hold down a Z, uh, the, uh, uh, the ZL button or ZR button. I've, Actually, it's just the R button and then push a face button to do an ability. And the abilities are like, oh, Captain Marvel, uh, like did a, did a, a proton punch and like dashed at the enemy and punched them. It's not like huge, like wild abilities really. Um, but it's just a fun, it's fun to play. Um, and then the other thing I want to shout out briefly, uh, and then I'm, we can move into fire emblem chat probably is, uh, um, uh, there's a game that launched in early access yesterday called Steel Circus. Um, it's uh, kind of niche, but it's pretty cool. It's kind of like if you took like Dota and mixed it with Rocket League, and if you if the art design was like very Overwatchy, um, except like they and it's almost it's very overwatchy i will say that they are they have launched with a black woman which is something overwatch hasn't been able to come up with for multiple years so in some ways i would say the character design is better than overwatch but uh but um it's a it's a cool game um you you kind of like it's controller or mouse and keyboard and it controls with like wasd or a stick and you're trying to dive for a get a ball and then carry it to your opponent's goal and shoot it in the goal and score or carry it into the goal. And it's 3v3. You can pass between characters. Each character has two abilities that they can use when they're not holding the ball. And it's things like throw up a barrier. One character has a Captain America shield she can throw. Um, 
and uh then you can do like tackles and dodges and stuff um and uh it's a lot of fun it's like only has six characters so far uh and it's very very um bare bones in terms of what's in the game because like again they launched yesterday but uh, and it needs a lot of balancing work um but uh but it's a fun game i mostly wanted to shout it out because it's free so it has a character pass you can buy that um just for free you get three characters um i also think it's a really great example of how garbage um steam user reviews are uh they launched it's a pretty small team from austria that's made up of like ex rockstar devs ex rockstar and deep silver devs um and uh they launched and granted this was a mistake but they launched with a eula that included language that suggested that your account would get deleted if you didn't play for 6 months um which very bad not good not a good thing mm-hmm. so it got hammered in steam reviews mm-hmm. by people and then they pretty quickly like within hours put up put up a thing that was like we should have done better about this this was a standard eula that was given to us to put in the game we have no intention of deleting your data like your account will not be deleted um we may like remove your name or something if you don't play for two years yeah uh but yeah. but it was very like they they came out but like the damage was kind of done mm-hmm. because people it's not like people went back and fixed their reviews once they changed the language in the eula okay. and then the other thing was that like people went in and started reviewing it negatively because they're selling characters and like their stance is that they won't do loot boxes mm-hmm. and so to kind of like counteract that they sell a character pass and you can grind the characters but there it takes like a very long time to grind out a character because this small indie team has to keep its lights on (laughs) yeah and so the character pass is 20 bucks to have all the characters forever um and every character that they'll ever put out yes every character currently available and that will ever be available so it's a kind of i guess a bit of a gamble because if the game dies in six months then you know it right. does but but like this is it's a very common practice like smite does it paladins does it yeah. like lots of free-to-play games do this and twenty dollars in my opinion is not that much to ask for these characters because like they are all unique and have different abilities um and so the fact that it's getting hit hard in reviews because people are like this money grubbing dev can't believe it it's so hard to get characters for free this is wrong you need to make it so that we can get this stuff for free is like I almost feel like developers should be able to like nuke those reviews because that's just ridiculous. If you ask mm-hmm. me, and I, the I problem is steam has been doing something recently to counteract review bombs, but I'm not exactly sure what that is. And I probably shouldn't use the term bomb. Cause I don't think it, it's not like a coordinated effort to uh-huh. tank its review score, um, mm-hmm. which is, I think what they're trying to fight against. Yeah. Um, this is more of just like people mm-hmm. being super entitled they don't go yeah. back and fix their reviews when the first thing that they were mad about got changed. Yeah. And, well, I, and I think s- that's kind of intrinsic to online reviews. I can think of like so many online retailers that, you know, it's selling physical goods and you see reviews that are like one star shipping took an extra week and it's like, so well, yeah, I can tell you a secret, <laughs> which is that in <laughs> most cases, the people selling the stuff can control those reviews. 
Sure. So they'll let through um, reviews. Like I will say that, you know, at my job, I do have control over a, I, I manage a user reviews system and I would never give a, I would never like block a review. That's one star because someone didn't like the product or had an issue. Um, but we could say if somebody said like, um, you know, this product, like if they never receive, if they say like, I never received the product, then I will block that review because it doesn't, it's not a review of the product. It may be a review of my company and they have every right to be upset about that. And we'll reach out to them and try to make it right. And they can go review us on Yelp or whatever, but it's not a review of the product. And so like, that's true of a lot of marketplaces, Amazon, it's less true, but Amazon has a, is a weird case because of like their, a lot of times people selling the products will be able to like reach out to the customer and try to communicate with them to get them to remove the bad review. Whereas because of the volume of steam reviews and the fact that it's like the manu like the producer of the product, it's hard for them to be able to like, they can respond to reviews. The developer can respond, but it doesn't change the score. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It's a frustrating thing. I think it is, it is intrinsic to some user reviews, but I think it's especially harmful when it comes to, games on steam specifically because steam's user base is often pretty toxic um and and entitled frankly i just wonder if anyone actually pays attention to user reviews on steam it's huge it does because it also affects discoverability yeah i guess Yeah. And I mean, I know that I've definitely looked at games on steam and then see that it's like overwhelmingly negative. And I mean, if it's a game that I'm particularly interested in, I might look deeper into it, but not everybody's going to look deeper into it. Obviously there's value in them too, if they're used correctly and properly and in, in, in they're so rarely used that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's interesting too, like, um, you know, like if you look at Superland, the game that I know that three of us Mm -hmm. played earlier this year, um, that game's okay. I don't know. It's a solid, like seven out of 10 for me. And that game had like overwhelmingly positive reviews because uh, in a lot of cases, people review stuff politically, not, not really based on the, the merit of the game. I don't mean politically like yeah global politics. I mean, like people are like, Oh, this game's $20 and I can play it for 20 hours. That's mm-hmm. a great value. I'm going to give it a, a positive review. And it's kind of like, that's not really what I'm looking for in a review. Cause I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying that their review is invalid, but when that is like kind of the overwhelming contingent of reviews, but well, yeah. it's also, it's also tough on steam because it's a binary statement. You're giving it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Totally. Like a, yeah. a right. seven out of 10 is definitely a thumbs up. I don't think that's but a thumbs down. You go yeah, you look at like, there's no real like, um, nuance to it. There's, there's like, no granularity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But and that's fair. I would also, recommend Superland to someone who is looking for yeah. a puzzle game or like an adventure puzzle. There are, there are instances on like, you know, Metacritic or whatever user reviews where it's people go, that's a 10 point scale and people go completely binary on that. Two games yeah. are either a 10 or a zero. Yep. For, like, totally you know, true. those are and like, why are, why are you rating games this way? Yeah. I mean, like what is wrong with you? And I think what it boils down to is I don't really have a problem with people 
like like a great example is NBA 2K. Those games on Steam get destroyed in user reviews. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think they deserve it because they the way they monetize that game sucks. It's really, really toxic and predatory. Um, and so I do think that those games should get hammered. And they're being produced by, um, by possibly the biggest video game publisher. I can't remember if 2K is at, at the top, but I think they are because of GTA. Um, that they, They're like the, the most profitable, I think. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so like, I don't give a shit if people destroy 2k, like (laughs) they need to fix their economy. So they deserve it. But this is an example of like a 20 person indie team. And I don't know the exact number, so it could be more or less, but they're launching their first game in early access. They slipped up with a Yula thing that they immediately fixed. And like, they're asking you to ship in 20 bucks to get the characters, which you can already get half of the characters for free without having to pay anything. So it's like, the thing is that I see these reviews that are like, this game seems great, but it has balance issues and they're money grubbing. Hope they get their act together later. And I wonder if people understand that, like if everyone reviews the game like that, it dies. There's no comeback to it later. Like just, if you don't feel comfortable recommending it in its current state, just don't review it. Like, give it a few months. It's early access. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, especially uh, with early access, like it, I feel like there should be like, I think that's like the kind of, um, trap that a lot like that, like people releasing games into early access fall into where it's like, you know, if something's not 100% right, right away, people are going to treat it like, Oh, I, this is a, this is a full release when it's really not, like, and, I, and it's a free to play game. Like, yes. Right. <laughs> and I feel like steam does a poor job of, I think that they think that it's like, Oh, well we'll message. We'll put the big early access game box there and then people will understand, but nobody early access doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, when people download yeah. an early access game, they've yeah. it's a full release. It's, Which, and it, there is such a wide variation in what, early access can mean from like totally. different devs. Like when, when a game like enters early access, like it can be in a wildly different place than totally. another and, game. And this is an example of a game that I think is impressive because the gameplay is fully intact. They need to add mm-hmm. characters yeah. and they want to add stages. That's it. Like, and then they need to add a rank mode, but like in terms of the, the, if you want to play the game, if you queue for a match, you are getting the full gameplay experience just with a smaller pool of characters and on one of two maps and the maps are as relevant in this game as they are in rocket league where they're like, mm-hmm. yes, they are structurally a little different, but it's not like a shooter game map. Like yeah. where, where it's, it's, it's super different. Yeah. Uh, so watching clips of this, how does this compare to pyre? Um, so I didn't play enough pyre to say okay. for sure. It's a little faster though. Yeah. Than yeah. I remember, but, but not like can move at once. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big, <laughs> so that was three on three, like fantasy basketball, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And the, one of the cool things about uh, steel circus is that you, there's different ways you can, like you can run the ball in, you can shoot the ball, you can bounce it off of certain stage elements sometimes to get it to go in. And it, the mm-hmm. game kind of recognizes those things and gives you points. Like it's every goal is one point, but it'll say that you scored yeah. a geometry goal or a touchdown or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff's cool. I'm still a little, it's hard. Um, and it's weird because like I got trounced a bunch of times last night. I probably played 10 games cause the games are pretty quick. They're like five yeah. minutes. Okay. So I played it for like an hour and got 10 ish games in 
Um, and, uh, I didn't win a single one. I didn't come close to winning a single one. It was all like 10 to nothing. Um, so I don't know if it's because there are people that were playing that like had access to the game beforehand or what, because it is kind of a, it feels unique. Like it's not like there's, there's some transferable skills from games, but like, it's not like, Oh, this is just like X game. So I'm good at that. So I'll be good at this. Um, mm-hmm. which is interesting. You say. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's really fun. I, I like it a lot. I think it has a, it's a really solid platform to grow on. And I think people should check it out. Um, and thankfully it's review scores at around like 65% right now. So it's not like it's, let's get that know, up boys and girls. But, uh, but I four, definitely, percent. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I think it's, I think it's worth checking out for anybody who looks at, frankly, like if you look at rocket league and go like, wow, that's too much for me in terms of the, like doing aerials and stuff, this game has sort of a similar feel of like scoring goals and running the ball around, but it's a little less like st- of a struggle than rocket league. Um, because there's less to kind of manage. You have your two abilities, but, um, Otherwise it's just like tackle, shoot, dodge, and your two abilities. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, I recommend it. Cool. I think it's coming to console too. Eventually. I don't know if it came out at all. It, it seems like it would be a good fit. And like, yes. they've got a PS4 controller in there as the like example, at least if you're, yep, I'm playing it on a controller, but I'm playing it on an Xbox controller and it's also fine. I had to remap the buttons a little bit. Their default mouse and keyboard scheme is a little weird too, but I think it's better with a controller, but you do get a little more precision with aiming on a, yeah. on a mouse and keyboard. You use the right stick to aim in a controller mm-hmm. setup. Mm-hmm. It's like right stick, hold the trigger down to power up your shot. And then that's release. why you're losing. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. All right. Well, uh, unless you have any other games you'd like to talk about. No, I played more fire emblem, but I think that's what everybody played. Yeah. Uh, two of us, finished fire emblem our our playthroughs at least uh sam and i both completed the black eagles uh storyline you know alex is coming up on the end of the blue lions i don't know where allison is i'm a little bit uh behind alex on blue lines and then pat is just nowhere he's i'm still in part one <laughs> the golden deer yeah uh, i Maybe started more more fun no. I started a second playthrough and I picked the golden deer, uh, cause I still don't care about the blue lions. Uh, but, Rip. uh, yeah, <laughs> I think the blue lions look the most interesting from what I play. Like the golden deer seem like they, they don't matter at all. That, that yeah. is, that is true. Like, yeah, it based like on it, the story it, that unfolded, I was like, what? these people really just don't matter. Yeah. That's the feeling I had. It seems like Claude is kind of an afterthought in a lot of cases. What, yeah. like the whole time they're like oh the battle of the lion and the deer or no the lion and the eagle and yeah. like all this stuff and like and the golden deer, deer. i will say uh, even in part one the golden deer it's framed as like we don't really give a shit what those other people are doing we yeah. have more important things to do yeah so i think that that would is probably the intended perception if you're playing the other houses is that like, you don't care what they're doing because I believe the golden deer story is much more 
like we got this wild shit we got to do on our own I, um, maybe i mean there's wild shit happening in like the oh i'm not saying there like in the, no in like the grander thing so i yeah. don't know what it what they're like oh no we've got like some real wild stuff we got to do uh yeah i don't know um but all i so know that is- game has an issue that i think a lot of games recently have had where it's like it's like decent and like pretty even in difficulty throughout the way and like maybe it's a little easy mm-hmm. then it picked up and then the last fight was like way harder than anything else in the game yeah there have been a few fights just, in part um, two that are definitely like a big spike <laughs> uh, my main character in the first fight in part two got one shot and <laughs> not taken more than five damage in part one from an enemy attack and he got one shot interesting I, I did not have that happen but damn Callie Plagg was uh, on the giant bombcast from um, Callie Plagg from GameSpot um, and she was saying that her recommendation was to play the first time on hard and um, casual mode uh, because that like provides the best like mm-hmm. balance of difficulty without too much consequence mm-hmm. um so i thought that was an interesting recommendation uh it's definitely very easy on normal but it's not been like unfun mm-hmm. and i definitely can see how i've played a few more battles like i have i've played it a fair bit this week a mm-hmm. couple hours at least um and i can see even early on like uh, there's there were a couple instances where if i had put someone in the wrong spot they totally would have died so yeah yeah, I, it's kind of funny when I don't know about you guys, but you kind of like grab a character and then you see the possible places they could go, and then you put them somewhere. And you just see all those red arrows yeah. just pointing at them, and you're just like, like, "Oh, geez, okay, not there." You're like, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna stick them one space back from there. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, like, that's kind of funny. And then they're still moment. like slightly less, and you're like, "Okay." Yeah, or then you put them there, and then you move one other person beside them, and you're like, okay, now it's being split. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, so when I started my new game uh, plus run, I I did it hard, classic, because like, okay, I want some more difficulty, and I died in the tutorial because I was just like, I'm just gonna try and run through this, and then I got the main character killed. I was like, oh, whoops. Is that before you get divine pulse then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like literally against the bandits at the beginning of the fight. I was like, oh, is it, like, just game over. No, it's just game over. <laughs> you have to restart the fight. I, I felt real silly because I was just like, oh, whatever. I can just rush through this because, you know, I was used to being strong at the end of the game. But right at the end of the game, you were like, like so you get multiple divine pulses um as you go through the game so you start off and you have like two and the divine pulse is the thing that lets you like roll back the like turn clock or whatever and so you can use like one divine pulse lets you go back as far as you want in the turn progression uh and so i had like 12 by the end of the game Mm -hmm. or something like that Mm -hmm. and i i'd use like maybe one or two per fight if if i was using one and at the end of the at the end of the final battle, I had only two charges left yeah. because yeah. that was like how difficult it was. That's cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like there's been a couple fights. I don't really want to get into specifics because yeah. it's in part two and you know spoiler stuff. But like there's somewhere some basically board events will happen, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I didn't know that would happen. 
and yeah. that ended up totally boning me up. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like that's an instance where I would use it and be like, okay, this seems like a valid use because now I know that's coming. Yeah, but, and like there are like things they d- never bring back, like fog. I only encountered fog one time. You get them in some of the side missions. I never did for me. Yeah, I I ran into one in the side uh, mission, and that was like the one that I specifically was playing the game, and then our my character died right before the end of a clear oh condition. So then I had to replay the entire thing again because oh. I didn't want that character to die. And it wouldn't let me divine pulse because they're like, you won. And I'm like, no, but at what cost did I win? (laughs) What did it cost? Everything. Everything. So I had to replay that. So that was the only time I've like full. Well, actually did get another game over, but that was the Mm -hmm. big one where I was like, I have to play this whole thing over again. I definitely got a game over on a side mission because it was recommended for level seven and I had all my characters were level four and five. And I was like, I'm going to save beforehand and try it and see how it goes. Not well, not well at all. (laughs) Once you get later, you can take on like the higher level missions, but also I like out leveled basically all the side missions, like pretty early. So I was like, everything was like, Oh, level 16. All my characters are like level 20 or higher. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, the only thing is that like my main house right now, it or um, like basically every, everybody who is OG blue lions ex- and a couple of others is super, super high leveled. And the other people that I've recruited, they're like decently leveled, but they're not anywhere as near powerful. So some, so whenever I hit a side battle, I usually try to like throw some of them in there and, or like throw, or like if it's a lower level thing, I'm like, okay, it's all the B team. Um, and that makes it a little bit tricky. I, I yeah. never had enough people to make a B team. Like oh, I had I like, had I had maybe like five people. I, I have like eight or nine recruited. Yeah. I have wow. zero interest in recruiting like more than a one or two people. Oh, um, I have like, yeah, same. I, have, like I, want, I want to recruit everyone in my new game plus run. I have, I f- yeah, well, same. so I guess I feel like I want to see everyone's stories cause they're really interesting, but I would rather just play the house that they're in. Like, yeah. I don't really want to recruit well, them to see their story. I, I, I have a specific really, reason for wanting to recruit all of them. Yeah, there's okay, well, some really interesting cross-pollination stuff that happens when you get sure, those stories. Yeah, like, sure, yeah. like, Sylvain plus Bernadetta is a really good story. Interesting. Well, I, That's I good to know. Sorry, I might have to... Well, okay, well, if Bernadetta I play... Bernadetta and Felix. Uh, yes, Bernadetta and Felix is excellent. Now I have to, like, go... Because I didn't <laughs> recruit Bernadetta. I, now I need to go play Black Eagles and... Recruit yeah. all my blue. Bernadetta is so, best girl, but, but I I wanted to recruit Bernadetta so bad. Yeah, she's like, awesome. Um, I, think, I love I love her, and I was like constantly like, here have present, here's lost item, <laughs> and still I still couldn't recruit her. I think Sorry. I kind of worked out too by playing it this week. My real issue with the game, which like it kept manifesting to me early on as like, I don't want to run around the monastery. I would rather do this from a menu. I still think that having that as an option would be a positive thing. Um, and I don't really agree with where you've come down on Alex, where like, I don't think it does much to provide context for me. Um, but that said, I think the thing that actually is bothering me, I think that's a very minor complaint. I think the thing that's actually bothering me is I feel like, the game doesn't feel 
it feels like it's trying to convince me that it has a lot of depth when what it actually appears it what it feels like it's doing and i know from past fire emblem games that this is kind of is what it's doing is saying look there's a lot of deep systems at play here but don't worry about that just look at the percentage and the damage you're going to do and it's becoming more and more frustrating to me where i'm kind of like so what are we doing here is this a i walk up i roll the dice and it does four damage or is this a this weapon statistics are this they're interacting with this character's armor and they're like, there's actually a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes because like where I'm starting to get frustrated again with it now is it's like, okay, I do stuff and the meters go up and then the numbers in battle go up and it doesn't feel like I'm making meaningful choices. It feels like I'm just kind of like making the numbers go up so that then when the battles happen, I can, do the damage and the story is still fantastic, but I think that's the frustrating thing to me. Whereas I kind of prefer like to you, the most direct analog I've had that I keep comparing to is BattleTech, where BattleTech is like all the numbers are on screen and they're very, very complex. And like, I can understand that it's, that, that it's more of a tasting. I just wish that the game was more clear about what was happening under the hood. Um, I think or that part of that there was less yeah. busy work if it really is simpler. I think it's part of it is that normal is like too easy for a large part of the like at least the early game because you're right there isn't like a lot of meaningful differentiate like differences when you, while you're leveling up like you get some new abilities but like you're so completely overpowered powering like the enemy forces that it doesn't matter like what your skills are because you're probably going to one shot them anyway. And I think in past fire emblems because of the weapons triangle, it at least felt like more of a puzzle when it got into combat sequences. There Um, is some of that in the game. I think definitely later into the game too. And, and, And then you start getting things like, um, like especially, Oh, you have a character that say, if if they go up against a um a uh a character with heavy armor they might be yeah. pretty ineffectual but then they yeah. might have a special like they might have an uh totally slaying item or they might have a combat art uh, yeah. and i think there is a definite level of um complexity to it but since the early game is uh so unnormal is so so easy you don't really need to interact with that at all until like later in the game where you're like okay the people are hard now and i think what i'm frustrated with is i've played like seven hours at this point and i feel like i'm not getting any of that and i yeah and and in my opinion by seven hours like that's not a insignificant amount of time. So like in a game. Um, yeah. and, and so I think that's where a lot of it's coming from for me now is where my kind of frustration is coming from is that I keep like listening to people talk about how it's so deep and it has so much going on. And I'm kind of, I'm like, well, it has really good writing and story and really good characters, but the strategy gameplay feels really simple. And like, Brad on the bombcast this week asked if it had mobile game kind of stuff. And that made it like click in my head where I was like teaching the class stuff just makes the meters go up a little bit. Like, and maybe the answer is I should just switch to auto instruct because, but, but like when I'm watching like, Oh, they're, they got 
a hundred sword experience. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like well, you gotta, you gotta spend the renown on the, the statues and the church. So they get two bonus experience. Well, for me, the thing that um, makes the instruction period feel at least valuable for me is that I always tend to focus less on, will they be better at X or versus what can I get them? Uh, what class can I get them to be? And, for? and so, I guess, and some yeah. other stuff there too. Like if, if you're instructing manually, if you get grades or above, you're also building relationship stuff. So, mm-hmm. and if you automatically instruct, you don't get any of that. So you yeah, perfect. Then you can, praise them and then you get an extra session motivation yeah, yeah. I, I think so. um the class stuff is really cool but at the same time like i have lawrence who's still terrible whatever um he, he and he's he's my he's my reason guy right like he, he he's he's gonna be my so i look down the class tree and i go to warlock which is like the, th- the highest thing i can unlock right now because i don't have that the highest level of classes yeah. and he's and i look at warlock and warlock requires reason so like, that's the only skill that it requires to train. So like, I guess I'll just train him on reason forever. Uh, the next, next level is more the next level stuff is all like, you need to know how to fly a dragon or ride a horse. Right. So yeah. like, yeah. That was kind I've of been like, I wish it would tell me that now I've been that I should train that next level. Yeah, I am. I am I think... currently in my game. Like I have a few people where I'm like, I'm going to get you to that like fourth level, but it, it it's, going to take a lot of extra work and i'm training everybody into how to ride a horse now yeah and yeah. i'm I like mean, that's kind of to learn how to ride horses you can um the group activities can also kind of help with that yeah totally. yeah but it's because the so yeah the only way to get that experience is through instruction and um and through the group activities unless you put them on a horse, but there's only like early on, there's only like a few like mounted classes, like on yeah. flying and horseback. Right. And then like, at least in my playthrough, like 80% of the master class classes were horseback and flying. Yeah. And, there, yeah, and I was like, what, what is this? Like none of my people know how to ride a horse. What are you doing for me? Game? Which is why I've been like, uh, Ash, who's my, uh, who's the uh uses a bow i'm like i will get you to be a bow knight i am like <laughs> aggressively training you on how to ride a horse you've never ridden one in battle and you probably won't until i get you to be a bow knight but you will be a bow knight luckily i taught bernadetta how to ride a horse early on so i could turn her into a bow knight <laughs> I, yeah there were think- there were some things that do not work in that game i think but yeah I like all the social stuff I think, well, and again, to be clear, and also the battles themselves are very satisfying and fun. So I don't mean to suggest that I think they're bad in any way. It's more just, I feel like the game, I can't tell if the game is as deep as its vast array of systems actually implies it is, or if it is like, if you look at the relationship thing, it's only tracking one number. It's just tracking your like relationship score with them. So like there's no depth to the relationships other than the writing is very good. And there's depth to the storytelling between the characters, but like there, it's not like, like there's a way to like, and I don't necessarily think there should be either to be clear, but it's not like if you stand next to each other in battle, you're getting one type of relationship boost. And if you eat together, you're getting a different one. It's, Mm -hmm. it's all the same. So 
I it think feels, if you did that, it would very quickly just become like not a fun system though. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I agree. Yeah. I'm not saying that it should be different. I guess I'm just trying to use it as an example that I have sure. like top of mind that I, that I know how it works. Yeah. So I can't tell if other systems in the game mirror that, or if there really is like, is my time spent giving them writing XP just so that they can get those classes later on? Or is that having a, a tangible impact in how they will perform when they get to that class. It does. Kind of stuff. It does. It, it does. It yeah. gives them support. So if you train them on, what? if in the week during the class, writing stuff, they gain rep with the other horse riding, the other person who is training horse riding. Right. No, but, but I you, mean, like you can also like go into instruct manually and give them horse. Like that's not. I'm, I'm saying, but, yeah. give them but, horse. But to <laughs> answer, yeah, to answer your question, Pat. It. but yeah like it it 100 does uh especially when you start getting deeper into like combat art stuff because that starts influencing like uh kind of bonuses that you're getting uh and, and i just wish that it surfaced that stuff more like i wish i could yeah. turn on and this is actually a real thing and maybe it's buried in the menus and i haven't found it in previous fire emblem games you could turn on an advanced ui mode where it didn't give you that simple layout that it gives you it, it gave you all of the math like it it, it it didn't show the character portraits and instead of showing the character portraits, it used <gasps> extra space to give you like, okay, so this character's accuracy rating is an 86. This character's dodge rating is a 36. That means that they need to roll uh, an eight on whatever two dice or, well, you know, however that it's doing the math. Sure. And then they're going to do this much damage because they deal this much damage. And this unit has this much resistance. And that's the stuff that I want to see so that yeah. I can understand how my, actions in doing all of this what feels like busy work is affecting them on the field i guess and it does somewhat surface that but honestly i didn't start seeing it really until part two when the battle yeah. started getting harder and like that's when you start seeing some iconography changes on the board like yeah. um especially when yeah. you get into like the really heavy armor types you're like okay i look at this and my flying knight that uses a lance against this heavy armor it has the two down arrows it's like yeah you're not going to get that and like if you go up to them it does surface like okay this is why like sure you have this symbol here that's affecting this blah 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 but like yeah, early on in the game you're so overpowered you're not seeing that stuff and i think also if you look into the very if you go the one thing that i didn't even look at until midway through was um some of the uh i don't even remember what they're called um like the abilities and stuff that you can assign to them um mm. you start combat abilities no, combat. no 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 just abilities or just, just the stuff that you assign to them. Like they get, sure that's just abilities. There's combat yeah. arts and abilities. Yeah. The abilities. So you go to that. That's, that's another thing that, um, that training them does give you and that you can assign to them mm-hmm. manually and go through it and like try to, um, and that's yes. where some of the weapon triangle stuff comes in. Cause like someone who's good at swords will get, then get like the ax breaker ability or whatever, whatever one they're strong against. So it's like, Oh, if they use a sword against an ax wielder, then they'll do like, they'll get extra stats. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and like, there's some other stuff in the early game that it doesn't really surface. Like I never used gambits in the early game, like never offensive gambits because my weapons my were just God, better. It so important in the end game. The, yeah, in the, in the end game, like gambit. there's, yeah, I was like, how do I beat this battle without Losing one. Oh wait, I have this offensive ability that will like stun in an AOE. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. Like, and I think that stuff is kind of poorly explained too. Like the 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 um 
when they introduced battalions, I was like, Oh, okay. So this is why some people have troops around them, mm-hmm. but it's not really clear what the battalion, I mean, I, they give you the gambit for sure, yeah. but it's not super clear what they do for you otherwise. And then they lose health. And then I replenish them and I and guess they lose health when I take damage, but like some abilities that give you bonuses if their health is low or high. So if like yeah, so your battalion's health is less than 50%, then like when you counterattack, you'll, you'll counterattack before they attack. And none of that was explained. So oh, yeah, like, no, it's yeah. It, well, it's I mean, yeah, that's something I unlocked with like, uh, the, the leadership thing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, there's just a lot of that stuff that I'm finding. Like it's, it's weird. It, you know what it is, is it feels like it's more complicated than complex. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what it comes down to. And I'm hoping that as I play it more, that those systems will start to coalesce and I'll start to feel like more confident with them. Um, and, and they'll make more sense. Um, but that's the thing I often think about with strategy games is I like complexity. I don't necessarily like stuff that's complicated. Um, and, mm-hmm. Like comparing it to something like XCOM or BattleTech, um, I think those games are very complex, but they're not especially complicated. They can seem intimidating because they surface so many numbers, but there's not as much. There aren't as many variables necessarily, and sometimes I think that's better um, to make the game um, fit that sweet spot of like approachability and depth. Um, but uh, again, like the writing is so strong that I'm not saying I want to put it down. Um, I just think from a gameplay perspective, I like some of the previous ones so far. Um, it's not as good for, for me as some previous fire emblem games have been, um, because those felt like a better mix of like complexity and depth and approachability. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I'm curious to keep playing it. I think the reason that I'm thinking about it so much is because less because of what you all are saying more because I'm hearing people talking about it in like hush tones as like their favorite game of all time. And, um, obviously like that's subjective and I would never, ever, ever suggest that someone would be wrong to say that about Superman 64 or any game, (laughs) but (laughs) it's interesting to me to try to understand, like, I think it's a pretty good fire emblem game Um, so it's interesting, like the disparity between that opinion and like, this is the best switch game. This is one of the best games ever. It's making me feel like maybe some people who were not super enamored with breath of the wild felt when that game was getting like incredible amounts of praise. Uh, so it's interesting to see it from the other side of that. Um, cause usually I'm on the side of like, Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. So, uh, it's just, you just don't like anime. Because all the people I hear, everybody I hear talking like really highly of it aren't talking highly of like, oh, the gameplay is so deep and like, you know, they they enjoy the gameplay, but like everyone's really into the characters and like the the writing around like the support conversations and the story that's being told. Uh, So I think that's probably a lot of it. Like if you're not getting grabbed by that writing, then I think uh-huh. it's not going to hit as hard for you. I would say that I am. I would say that that's the thing keeping me playing it at this point. Um, if it didn't have such strong writing, I would probably put it down uh, mm-hmm. for not forever necessarily. Cause I yeah. don't, again, I don't think I'm, any of this, there's a lot to bad, play. So but, yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, but the writing is the thing that I think is, is, is quite good. I will say that I think it's a little, um, <sighs> like I'm at the part where you have to protect lady Rhea from the 
assassination plot, or at least that's what Claude thinks is happening is there's an assassination plot. I haven't finished it yet, so you don't have yeah, to yeah, tell yeah. me how it goes. Mm-hmm. But um, but it is a little bit like it's so heavy handed and like, you know, maybe the church isn't all good. And part of me is like game. Like I get it. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Like you don't have to make these people seem like, like do you ever see an anime as though? menacing and stuff? No, I know. I know. I know. And that's why I'm not trying to be hypercritical. Yeah, of that. I'd say it's also significantly less heavy handed than persona. Uh, I would agree with you. That's one of my issues with Persona, too. I also feel like they do that, but then they do occasionally do a couple things where I'm like, maybe the church is good, though. And then and then I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Like, I feel like I've gone back and forth a couple of times because there are I I think that the thing that personally makes me really like this more than any other, perhaps any other Fire Emblem I've ever played is just every single character is, is so strong. It's not just the sure. main couple, it, but, makes so, sense. But, but there are certain characters who are just like, Oh, the like who have like significant backstory. And I'm like, man, the church really did help them out. Didn't they? This, this <laughs> is funny to me because after playing the black Eagle story, I'm like, burn it down, bring that whole church down. Hang I'm, like, down. I'm not even into part two. And I think we should burn it down from yeah, like, what I've seen. Oh, it's you'll, like, you'll see some shit. Several characters I love wouldn't like be alive without. Yeah. But well, yeah, no, I mean, it's basically it's the people in charge versus the institution or whatever. I don't know. Right, when right, I, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Something. And I don't want this. And, and I, and, and I do think that I'm going to probably end up in that same spot, but I, I feel like at least from like my angle and the characters, I'm like, Oh, okay. It's nice that they, they're, like they're I, uh, like it's, maybe it's just also just a blue eagle thing where or a blue lions thing where you meet several characters who are like I would literally not be alive unless the, the church have been able to take me in. I think yeah. also like the characters are very. Oh, sorry, Sam. Go ahead. The blue lions are god botherers, which is what I was going to say. Mm. They're all churched up. Well, I, think, the I, I don't think they're realist. really that strongly like alex would you say that they're really that strongly um they are portrayed as that by the black eagle storyline they are also portrayed as that by the golden deer storyline yeah but i don't really get that vibe as much from their own storyline not really because when you get in there like there are some churchy folks you got mercy and stuff who's pretty churchy but like then you get to do who's like from like Dusker and doesn't believe in any of those gods and yeah. is like talking to like all of his social, like a lot of his social stuff, especially the one with, uh, or sorry, not social links, whatever they call it, supports. Uh, like his thing with mercy is really fascinating mm-hmm. because like they, they dive directly into like, uh, stuff like, uh, what's, what's the term? Uh, like maybe there's a pantheon of gods, like maybe there's no gods. Like they actually get into that a lot. So right. especially, in, especially talking to the characters that are the more religious ones, like mercy, like she's real, she's like one of the most open-minded characters too. And um, I think she's one of the few bi characters actually. Oh yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah. I, she is one of the people that I'm considering for my S rank. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, uh, but, but like, uh, but I feel like you get into it and there aren't really other than Mercedes, like who else is really that like super. Mm, no one really like Ash is a little bit, but not really. Felix That's is not, like, definitely not. It's like, it's less that the that the characters themselves are portrayed as super churchy from the Golden Deer perspective. It is very much that like the kingdom 
is the church kingdom. Like that is the church kingdom. And then the church is an institution that wouldn't like the kingdom wouldn't exist without the church. Man, um, you should get to part two because Dimitri and, goes um, very hard against that kind of. <laughs> sure. Sure. I'm, I'm sure. But, uh, and that's good to hear because frankly, in some ways I would be concerned if they didn't go hard against that, because if it was just like, I'm not really religious, but I'm the King and the church is law. So that to me would be a shitty character. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. So with, uh, I think we should wrap up the fire emblem talk. We've been going for a bit, but so Especially with, since this with, is week three of us talking about yeah. it. Uh, it's week with, three of everybody talking about it. So yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. true. We, well, but with, so with fates, there was like the, the European d- d- stuff, the yeah. Yeah. birthright conquest, and then what was the third one? Um, revelations. Revelations. Yeah. So there was like, that was like the true, like revelations really happening or whatever go- going on. I wonder if there is like one, like a, what is like the true ending or whatever, I guess. Cause golden deer, baby. <laughs> it feels like the black Eagles is the true real storyline from how I think that's it. interesting Cause I feel like every, the ones that you're playing. Yeah, that's like it, totally. Cause it totally feels like that with blue lions or I'm like, without seeing the other there's some shit that goes down in black Eagles where I'm like, oh, Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it dip- depends I, on how black or you know blue lions and golden deer. Uh, but I think the last thing I wanted to say in terms of like the quality of the writing, and this is more of the anime thing than anything. Um, and this is the part of anime that I jive a little less with. Is to some extent in part one, it feels like they're spending a lot of time making you understand the single dimension that the characters operate in. And I'm sure that they expand out and gain more depth over time. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it is very much like. Oh, Lorenz is the shit heel nobleman guy. And, uh, Oh, like, um, Marianne is all about the church. She loves it. And she doesn't have a lot of confidence. And, uh, Hilda is all about like being bossy and, and entitled. And like, there is a certain point where I'm now like whatever quarter of the way into part one or however long I am where I'm like, I do understand that these characters, that this is their primary personality trait (laughs) and we can start moving into, what's beneath the surface because i know that there must be more these characters can't be one-dimensional because people love them so much like Mm -hmm. come on let's yeah i would say that let's let's go i would say i definitely had no issue with that i mean except for cyril because that guy's a piece of shit but um (laughs) i fucking hate cyril well and i like them i find them endearing like i i my two favorite characters in my house are hilda and marianne um who is like the super entitled person and the super religious person because i think because i can tell that we're gonna go somewhere with them Mm. um but as it stands currently they are all quite one-dimensional um and they're the way that they write the dialogue is very good but the characters as a whole are like very likable but also don't have any depth so far um Mm -hmm. but i'm confident that they'll get there i just wish that it moved a little bit more yeah i would say and and like you don't get a lot of them outside of you don't get them outside of the support conversations which like, you know, I wish there was more you could do with that. Yeah, But I think part of that was them trying to have to balance the, uh, uh, like the classic mode versus like the story because, oh, yeah, yeah. because like, right now, 
like if, if, if the idea is, Oh, anybody can die at any moment. You don't necessarily want to be like, man, this story would be lost without, uh, Annette because if she hadn't died, then whatever. But like, I guess I'm less looking for less of them being involved in the story and more just like, I've seen Hilda in like three support conversations and had probably 10 conversations with her myself. And all of them have boiled down to, I'm kind of a brat and I like to make other people do things for me. And at this point I'm kind of like, Hey, I like the way you're characterized and written. And I know there's more there than that. So let's get moving in that direction. Cause come on. I think that the, the reason they give you those one note characterizations with some small bits is that they're trying to like in part two, so much changes. Sure. Uh, and a lot of it is that they're like, they want you to sh- want to show you the difference between the two. Yeah. I guess I just think that it's being drug out a little bit and like, I don't know that it needs to be the, that it needs to. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I wonder if it's because the overall plot needs to develop more, but they don't really need to show you much more of the characters. But at that point, don't give them a speech bubble so that I go talk to them every. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, I mean, yeah. you don't have to talk to them every time. And I, I stopped doing a lot of monastery stuff because yeah. it just like busy work. Like I go in, I spend my activity points and then I, I finish up like, in about the middle of the game, my monastery time was like 45 minutes at a time sometimes. And in the, in part two, it was like 10 minutes at most. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty confident all of my, all of those issues I have will, will resolve well, themselves over time. Maybe I can recommend a different game to you, Pat. The strategy game, <laughs> total war, three kingdoms. I, I'll just say I have much stronger opinions than Pat on parts of this game, but we've already talked about it for long enough. So maybe look them up at yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I am sure we will talk about fire emblem again. Yeah. But you know, uh, yeah, I don't well. want to take up too much of your guys' time so we can go on to something else. Yeah. Uh, total war three kingdoms. I, I have put a decent, I think a decent amount of time, a few hours into the game at this point. And I'm starting to kind of get what I need to do. Uh, but now I found myself totally stuck as a, with my duchy in between two other duchies. And I don't know. Where's Lubu? Lubu is dead. I don't worry about not act this game. Zero out of five stars. That is Uh, not how this works. So someone, let's see what happened. Someone, I think someone did some subterfuge and got Dong Zhuo killed. Jeez. And then, yeah. And then Dong Zhuo's son took over and then he died. And then somehow Lu Bu inherited the thing. But then like that empire was in like a single province at that point. And then so, like my buddy to the North was just like taking over everything in the North and he took out uh, Lu Bu. Um, so yeah, that, that Lu Bu's dead. Um, but I've got, I don't, I don't know how to build my armies up really. Like, cause I'm like constantly trying to build my towns up, but then like my income's gone. There's a lot to manage here, Pat. There is. Yeah. Those games. I mean, like those games are definitely an example of like pushing it on the complicated versus complexity thing that I was talking yeah. about before. Um, like, they're on the extreme end of the spectrum that I think is, uh, there's so much going on manageable and fun. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot. So, yeah. So like I'm playing is 
cow cow tau tau i don't know see chow chow yeah uh and he is like the one that is recommended as like easy and because yeah he's like this is the easy campaign like because his abilities i guess like are pretty good for like beginner and so like some of his early abilities are he can instigate proxy wars so he can go up to like somebody and be like hey uh you should go to war with this other faction and just kind of you know pit people against each other make them weak and then he can like sneak in and like stab them in the back um but now in like the mid game like i don't know where i am in the game because i haven't finished one like i'm stuck in between two like massive empires and like i'm pretty big myself but like i don't want to go to war with either one because like they could kick my ass i think because like i so yeah you're so you're taking over provinces and each province has like a settlement like a town or like a farm something that gathers resource maybe a mine then you build buildings uh that will increase your income and like the money that you get from taxes which you can use to build up your army and to build other buildings and then you've got uh and then you can build up like the main settlement of the of the region and then that lets you build more buildings but then you've also got to manage like the public happiness and if the public happiness gets too low, then the yellow turban rebellion comes in and they take over. <laughs> and so you have to send people to like block the yellow turban rebellion, or you have to like, okay, I'm going to move the tax slider to like make it so they don't have to pay as many taxes, but then I have less money, but they have less food, but they're happier. I don't know how that works. They have less food, but they're happier. Um, it's, there's a lot going on. Um, so then when you're taking over or when you're fighting, you go into like, a, so this is all in like a civ civilization style, kind of like top down, run around a map type thing. It's not civilization, but it's, you know, similar. And then when you go into combat, you go into like a top down, uh, like battlefield views kind of zoomed in. Uh, and you've got your whole army doing like you've got three commanders and like six little like retinues for each commander and you can position them how you want in your starting zone and then you kind of run them at each other and i don't like i don't i don't know how to do it man i'm not i'm not a not a military mind i'm just like i'm gonna run my horses over to the side and i think they'll run in like and flank yeah you want to try to flank with cavalry but you want to try to do it from either like an actual flank yeah like you don't want to run head on in with cavalry oh, yeah, no, yeah. shredded. And then from there, it's like, it's a lot of it's managing like the state of your units. Um, yeah. They're like losing hard part of it. I mean, so much of it happens in the preparation too. Like if you have yeah. 300 men and like 300 infantry and 50 cavalry and the opponent has 500 infantry, they're probably going to be you. Yeah. Um, that's just how well, it goes. Yeah. And well, one of the things that's neat is, uh, so one thing you can do is if, like your army is like way more powerful than theirs. You can just hit like delegate and then it'll yep. just like crunch the numbers and it'll do the yep. fight for you. Or what I've been able to do multiple times is go into a fight where it's like, eh, you're probably going to lose this one. Like, you know, the computer says you're going to lose, but then I can go in by myself and control my army and I can win that fight. Which, you know, if I, so then it takes, I don't know, maybe 10, five to 10 minutes to do a fight yep. and I can, you know, my, my army gets shredded, but I'm able to take down the, uh, the bad guys. 
or you know the other guys who knows who's bad in this is all it's all yeah. subjective yeah uh, now imagine uh, that there was also a full system for magic and numerous monster units that could do all kinds of stuff uh well so i mean lubu's a monster isn't he uh <laughs> There, so and then they're like, uh, so I'm playing the romance mode, which is like the uh, yeah, which brings in like all the fantasy elements yeah. of like of the romance of the three kingdoms. So like Chow Chow, one of his command, one of his top people is Zhao Dun mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, uh, is he the one who gets shot in the eye with the arrow? One of them gets I shot in the eye with the arrow. It's like him or his brother, and then uh, so. And it's like, you know, so I get this like, oh, the story thing popped up. It's like, oh, he was in a fight and he got shot in the eye with an arrow and he pulled it out and he ate it. And he's like, blood of my mother, flesh of my father or whatever. I cannot let this. Go. I don't know. So he eats his own eyeball. And like, apparently that happens in the story. And it's like wild shit. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot. There's, so they have, if you are into the three kingdoms, there is a lot here for you. I know nothing about the three kingdoms and it's pretty neat. Uh, and like the, uh, what you can do with the commanders in the battles is you can make them duel each other. So they'll like ride up and then they'll like joust and then one of them gets knocked off and then they get off and they fight like, you know, in martial combat and like everyone just like kind of backs off from them and lets them fight. No one interferes. And then if, you know, whoever's um, enemy or, you know, depending on which person dies, if your person dies then your units will like have the morale drop and they're like, Oh, we got to get out of here. We got to run. Our commander's dead. Or if the enemy's commander dies, then you get to, you know, you get a bonus because everyone's like, Oh yeah, our commander's the best. And everyone else is scared. So they start to run away and that gives you some free time to just wail on them. But also, I have no idea what I'm doing in this game. I don't know how to win because I'm scared. I'm not cut out for politics, <laughs> especially yeah. in uh, the, the warring China. There's there's a yeah. lot of people that want the throne, and I've only unlocked like unlocked. I've only like have like maybe a third to half of the map revealed. Like China it's, big. Is China big? big. <laughs> and it's just, oh my God, people keep coming in. And a lot of it, I mean, with, with Total War games, a lot of it doesn't, the, the, the maps are huge and you yeah. won't see most of it. Um, By the end of this game, I might, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's different for that game, but like you definitely, it depends on the size of the campaign and the way yeah. that the different maps interact. Right, yeah. Like sometimes you, and by see, I don't mean you'll see it as in it'll be revealed to you, but you yeah, yeah, like yeah. send units there. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, so yeah, the goal is to declare yourself emperor and destroy or kill all challengers to the throne. Uh, and I am near the point where I can call myself emperor, but I don't, not quite there. I don't think, I don't know. I, I'm nearing it. I gotta, yeah. I gotta become King first. Uh, but yeah, I've got, and now I'm trapped in between two people I've signed treaties with actually three, I think, I don't know. So I'm going to have to break a treaty and that's going to make me look bad, but oh well, it happens. Yeah. It's, yeah. And so chow chow, the first, like you get like some story things that'll pull you through like, Oh, this person killed your father. Do you want to like 
follow the story and, you know, go kill them for what they did? Or do you want to just like let it go and like not go to war over it? I was like, nah, man, I killed my dad. I'm going to kill him. And then it's like, oh, well, now you got to occupy the space. Now you got to kill your ally. And so I assume these are all things that happened in Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Um, but killing my ally is hard. He's strong. It's got yeah. a lot of people. That narrative stuff is interesting. Yeah. Uh, that that actually is the thing that makes me a little less interested in it, to be honest with you. But but I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing either, and I still want to try it. Um, you don't have to engage yeah. with it. It's I'm sure that there is like, hey, if you want to, you know, follow the story. Yeah. Uh, but it's also just like, oh, this this person killed your dad. How do you want to engage? They in they put a little bit of that stuff into Total War Warhammer Two. Um, and uh yeah those are cool games they're hard though and they're very dense yes very very dense uh but yeah that's so there's your strategy like hour or so yeah uh alex what did you write for the class today uh i put a lot of hours into fire emblem okay well, let's get into it. Well, yeah, let's dive right, <laughs> let's dive right in. No, um, uh, that is what I put the majority of my time into. I played a little bit of Dota Underlords, and uh, I've mentioned in our chat that I've completely turned around on that game, and I don't like it at all. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It's still a hit in our house, but it's it's. Um, I like games that have randomness in them, um, and if you don't like games that have randomness in them. Like, given that you don't like card games, that was kind of the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't think Alex is going to come out liking this thing. Yeah. Like, I think it is extremely well designed. I think it is really fun when you get a good run. But, like, there, yeah, RNG is such a major factor in it, like, to a, to a, detrimental degree like i was doing the whole thing of paying attention to what other people were building like because there's a finite amount of units so i was like okay no one is using uh i don't know enchantress for an example like a low level character no one no one else is buying them so i'm gonna pick up all the enchantresses i see and then i'll have a high level enchantress at the end yay and like there's been some points where like no one else has an enchantress and I'm having to reroll like 20 times and I'm still not getting an enchantress. Like at some point you're just totally limited by the RNG and it's like your skill and your plans and everything don't matter. And that gets really frustrating. Cause like there's also moments when um, you're facing off against someone and they've changed the game so that now the person you're attacking and defending against are always the same person. So you can watch, you can easily watch both sides. Yeah. And I, I, I've seen it where I won my defense, but I lost my attack, even though it's exactly the same lineups in both cases. So it's like, it's a hundred percent RNG and there's no skill involved. And I was just like, well, then fuck this. I don't care. It's like Dota. <laughs> no, Dota is yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. I guess I actually, I, it, it, it did actually make me go back and play some Dota and yeah, Dota's great. I, I would say that I think I feel that the skill is in mitigating the RNG and that's the case in a lot of, um, and there are situations where it is unmitigatable. Like there are times for sure when you can't, you, you just have to take the L and go like, well, I wasn't my game. And you know, the randomness just didn't, didn't go my way. Um, and I can see that being frustrating and I can totally see that being enough to turn someone off of it. But I just think that it's a style of game and like, um, the, 
I don't, first of all, I don't think it's better than Dota, <laughs> but I actually think that Dota two is the only game, maybe even maybe rocket league also, but like, I don't think that a lot of games that purport to not have any RNG are particularly fun to play. Um, because I think that they become so theory crafted and so like driven to a point that it's like, there's not variation in the way that you can play. Whereas what RNG does is it forces you to mitigate some, some of it by playing, by having to adapt to different situations. Um, and so I, that's part of why I like it quite a bit. And the thing that I think it's the classic difference is like this Dota Underlords is a deck builder versus um, a game like Hearthstone, which is like a TCG. And in deck builders, you come in with nothing. And then over the course of the game, you build the thing that you're going to use to defeat the other players. And rather than come in with like a pre-built deck that you made yourself. And personally, I like that more because it levels the playing field a bit at the outset. Um, yeah, but, but there's um, no skill. <laughs> Like that's just my. I don't problem. agree. Like, I, I don't I, think that I, that's I've, true. I've I've played Dominion. I've like I I understand those deck builder kind of things and like I don't know this game. Like it's it's literally the situation I was talking about where you're facing off one on one against someone. And it's literally the same lineup facing against the same lineup in both cases, and it can have different outcomes, and you have zero control over it. Like, so I do think that the the just, that's a bad decision so, that they made to make it so that you face the same person that you're defending against. Like, I don't think that that's a good, um, I don't like that as a choice, um, from a design perspective. I think it was more interesting to have both of those roles kind of be randomized. Um, but I mean, that's, that's dice rolling. And I don't think that it's fair to say that there's no skill because if you face off against that person 10 times in a row, the idea is that then it'll normalize the randomness will normalize between the two of you. So you lost that one time, but you'll win the next time that you fight that doesn't always happen. And sometimes you can get screwed by the RNG for sure. Um, but, but like, I don't necessarily think that there's no skill in the game in that engagement for sure. There's no, like, no matter how skilled you are, it wouldn't have changed that you lost. But the difference is that if I play a game of Dota, virtually any person that I come up against one-on-one, -on -one, my level of skill doesn't matter because they have such an impossibly higher skill ceiling that there's nothing I could have done to have, like def like gotten to their level anyway. So I think that um, that's not to say that I think that RNG games are great because they have a lower skill cap, but it, it's not always about the, it's not about those individual battles as much as it is the, how things measure out over the wider scale of the, of the game. Um, so that's why I wouldn't, I mean, I think it's totally valid to say that it has a lower skill ceiling than Dota. <laughs> like that is true. I think um, that's not necessarily skill though. I think that's level of knowledge about the mechanics and maybe the units in play. Like, cause you I know guess how if, to mitigate it. Like, yeah. Okay. I know if I build this Alliance, it'll counter that. Like, okay. Like, yeah, that's, that's a mechanics thing. That's, that's strategy. I, I think this gets to the fact that you're just smarter and better at this stuff than no, the vast majority of people it, because it sounds to me kind of like the same reason that you didn't like Oprah Din, which was you were saying that like you saw how everything fit together and worked immediately. And like, that's just not like, I can't, I'm not that good at seeing those threads fit together. So to me, if by skill, you mean like your ability to click the mouse, definitely there's not that kind of like mechanical execution skill in underlords at all. 
but there also isn't in fire emblem. Um, like it's, it's the skill is knowledge of the board states and how things interact numbers wise. Um, and that's so in that respect, you're totally right. But I think that's like most strategy games, I guess that aren't real time. Sure. Um, But like with fire emblem, you can approach it like a puzzle. Like you can, like that's actually one of the benefits I've found of the whole, uh, rewind system, whatever it's called divine pulse. Uh, you can like for just for funsies, I have approached the same battle in like three different ways, like putting this person up front versus putting this person up front versus putting this person up front, like three separate people and seeing what happens just to kind of play with the mechanics. And like, I would say uh, we have to kind of define our terms, what skill means in that case. Uh, but like you have a lot more granular control over the outcome because, like, yes, you're not performing the action of swinging a sword, so it's not an action game in that sense. Like, it's not Dota. I, it's not that I have more APMs than you or, sure. you know, like, it, it, it's not coming down to that. It's literally, like, uh, figuring out how to fit these puzzle pieces together. But with Underlords, like, you can build the ideal team and it's great. And then they'll have a PA who's just going to jump to your back line. PA is a character who gets really high crits who will just jump into your backline and blow up someone immediately. And it's like, well, that my entire lineup is great. Like, sure that you can say, yeah, they built for that in mind as a direct counter to you. That's fine. But like, there's also times when the PA doesn't do that. And it's like, there's no actual, um, you don't have any kind of, uh, I don't know how to best describe it, but there's no control. Yeah. You get and, your hands and, off as soon as it's as soon as it starts and like I don't know. For me And I think it's totally valid to not like it because of that either. I'm definitely not saying you should like it. Um yeah. I just think like you can play a game of Magic the Gathering and not have any mana in your opening hand and it's a sort of similar situation where like well fuck, I'm screwed. But that's why you play a best two out of 3 in Magic the Gathering. And, and I feel like in theory and granted, I don't think that the balance is in the best place with underlords right now. So from a perspective of like game balance, it has a long way to go. Um, I think it's also early enough in development that I'm not so much worried about. I think they have plenty of time to do that. Um, but, uh, that's the, the reason that, you know, if, 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 if it was one round where you like, or if you played like just three rounds where it's you versus one opponent, then totally that would be, problematic but because of the way it 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 should theoretically even out over the course of a match um that's why i don't think it's problematic for it to have that lack of control um just because um the the like learning the variance and learning like how likely it is for this behavior to occur is kind of part of building that knowledge. Um, which I think is a totally fair thing to say too. Like if, if we want to say it doesn't have any, doesn't have a skill component and it's all knowledge based, that's fair. Um, but I think that's true of like a lot of strategy games. And I think it's an interesting take on that, um, on that kind of thing. Um, but I also like don't mean to suggest that it's as good as something like Dota either. I just don't think that many games are so. Yeah. But bear in mind, I also really didn't like Hearthstone. So I mean, yeah. if, if, if someone likes Hearthstone and likes CCGs, this is probably going to be a fantastic game for them because it is, yeah. it is really well designed. Uh, 
just for me, I actively dislike it at this point. <laughs> yeah, and that's fair. I, I, I don't, um, I, I kind of am willing to kind of engage in a conversation, like in an, I guess argument or debate is a better way to put it about whether or not the game is good, but I would never debate you on whether or not you should like it because like, yeah. that, that's totally fair to not like it. Uh, it's a good game that I don't, I don't like at all. Yeah. And, well, that's, and maybe, that's, maybe at all is a little strong, but maybe I'll check it oh, out in like a couple months. It's also not time. worth spending a lot of your time. Part of the thing is recognizing that you're not going to enjoy spending more time with it because it is a game that is about knowledge building. So like, if you're not enjoying it, there's no reason to continue to burn time, like learning more about it necessarily. So, sure. yeah. And I'll, I'll end it here, but like I have the advantage of having played a shit ton of Dota. So I know the totally, characters. Yeah. So like, but I think if someone was coming into this, never having played Dota, man, that's going to take a long time. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, yeah. and as, as the game develops, there'll be a larger pool of characters and it'll, it'll hopefully the balance will get complex. better. Yeah. If they, be, if they, if they, if the balance doesn't get better then definitely, which is my problem with Hearthstone. I don't think Hearthstone is a good game currently because I think the balance is bad and is, has been bad for years. And so like, I would say I don't like it. And I'm still think that Underlords is good because it's so early on. And I expect I have confidence in Valve's ability to balance games because Dota mm -hmm. is pretty well balanced and because artifact for all of its problems was pretty well balanced. Um, so I have confidence in them being able to do that uh, over time. But if they were to say, hey, it's 1.0 right now, I would be like, y'all got some work to do um, in terms of like how... Because sure. it needs to be in a position where people aren't just buying the same characters every time. Like Part of that like learning to mitigate the RNG needs to become, okay, well, these three people bought up all of the best characters, so how am I going to counter that and mitigate it? Um, since I didn't get dealt those characters in my first few turns. Um, and if you can't do that, then it's a bad game <laughs> which, which again gets back to the issue i was having at the start which is like okay if i am playing around this and i'm getting this character that no one else is getting but i'm re-rolling a hundred times and still not getting it even though i know it's on the board like that's just super annoying <laughs> yep totally so but, i that stuff is stuff that i expect will get better before i would be willing to defend it <laughs> yeah anyways yeah that's i'll, I'll leave it there underlords yeah. it's it's not for me maybe it's for you <laughs> i enjoy your perspective on it though because i think that you're a very good judge of like that kind of complexity. Uh, so I'm glad that you put time into it, even if you came away, not enjoying it. Yeah. I'm interested in what my final hour count is. Give me one second. Uh, it's probably a lot. And, uh, 35 hours. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Well, Sam, you brought something that has nothing to do with strategy. I said the strategy hour is over, but then we went back into Underlords, which has yeah. some strategy. Yeah. I've also been playing Chess Rush, but which everyone should play because it's just like Dota Underlords without having to know anything about Dota, <laughs> which is why I haven't played Underlords because I know nothing about Dota. But you're learning about uh, Chess Rush instead of Dota now. They're the same characters with the same abilities. They just have different art. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I played some of these games. I had no idea that they were the same characters. And yes. I, don't, I still don't know what any of their abilities are. Um, uh, yeah, I've, I've played like three hours of another game, which is Picross Lord of the Nazarick, which is uh, a Picross game with the story of the anime Overlord. Yeah. Um, what? No. <laughs> So, so basically, the the 
the conceit of the game is that the main character has lost his memory and that he needs to do Picross puzzles to remember things. And I, after about the first 10 minutes, I've been uh, mashing A to get through all dialogue because it's all stupid and like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense at all it's obviously for fans of the anime overlord of which i have not watched a single episode <laughs> but Very nice. also the pick the picross is really hard um some puzzles are taking me half an hour um so basically there's like 10 or so characters that you have to remember and each one has 12 picross puzzles and they're in like a row of th- four, three rows of four. And the top three are pretty simple. The middle three are like nice and challenging. And the bottom three are insanely hard and take about half an hour. <laughs> uh, the puzzle took 42 minutes. Uh, I'm getting them all every time, but they are insanely hard. Uh, Might it- I suggest tents and trees. <laughs> Oftentimes, I will have to put the switch down, like go for a walk around the house so that I can look at the puzzle with fresh eyes because it's just not literally not happening. Um, if you've played um, Picross S, which was the game that came out at the launch of the Switch, the Picross game, yeah. it is the exact same thing. It's by the same developer. Um, just with this whole trappings of the anime Overlord. Um, <laughs> They've also added Mega Picross and they've added uh, Color Picross uh, to this one. I don't know if that was in the sequel to Picross S because I know there was a sequel that had extra stuff, uh, but I literally didn't play that. Uh, I have been playing this one. I've been playing it all week since I finished Fire Emblem on my commute uh, while I listen to audiobooks, and it's fine, uh, but I... I, I wish I wasn't reviewing it so I didn't have to play any more of it or finish it. Because <laughs> you have to you have to be all the basic Picross style levels to unlock the other styles of Picross. So I, f- I can't review the game without having played all the styles, all the modes. So sure. I'm having to push through this incredibly hard Picross. That's Can't fantastic. Believe you're not an Overlord fan. Yeah, I probably should be. It looks like it's probably very funny. Um, I gave it to last night. Uh, I, I literally fell asleep whilst playing, almost. And um, my wife took the switch from me and finished like six levels, and I've never been happier. I'm seeing a lot of. I searched Overlord anime because I'm not very familiar with it. I'm seeing a lot of body pillows. So uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> So I mean, this, and, and they all are censored. They all have things out. My dude, search search anyway. search off my guy. <laughs> so, I don't have to say I haven't rolled a safe search for a long time, but wow, mm-hmm. but, So this begs the question, Sam: If you could have any property made into a Picross game like this, what do you think you would pick? It would be Persona Five. And uh, you would up your social links by playing Picross. And all all the Picross images are just that demon that's a dick chariot. (laughs) 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 And and (laughs) Elphabor, the demon that sits on the toilet. The toilet, yeah. No, they're they're all... Each one is a different monster, but both of those those monsters 
are major characters and you can build social links. I think Belphegor, the toilet demon, is literally the first enemy in Persona 5. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe so. Yes. That's just like, what is going on? That's a good idea. I mean, social Persona is Q good. is good. I think that a Persona Picross would be very funny. And it's not yeah. like Sega got much money coming in. I'm, I'm sure. They got sure. that Total War money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Total War. Lou Boo dollars. Yeah, they got that Lou Boo money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's Picross, Lord of the Nazareth. Wait, I have a joke. Wait. <laughs> no. okay. I don't think this is how jokes work. <laughs> My friend. <laughs> But, but Pat, Total War Three Kingdoms isn't exactly a cash cow cow. That's not how you say his name. <laughs> also, it is a cash cow. Like it's like the most popular strategy franchise on PC. He's uh, a gamer research. Somebody, Allison, did you play anything? <laughs> no, no, okay. Not a fire emblem. Well, then I'm gonna get back on my bullshit. Because I bought <laughs> Resident Evil 2 again on the PC. This oh, means yeah. that Sam and I get to talk about comic books for an hour. God. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's the first mod you installed? Uh, randomizer. What's the first character changing mod that you installed in terms of their Leon. model? I don't think I installed a character altering mod. That's pretty sad. sure you need I did not. Leon. Uh, yeah, Nude Leon. That's the first one I installed. Uh, no, I but I got it was on sale on like Green Man Gaming, and I picked up Resident Evil Two because I love that game. And like I had played, I got the plat on PS4. I'd done pretty much everything I could, but I wanted to play the randomizer because I've been like watching people play. Like I've been watching a lot of like speed runs like this year of or in like randomizer runs of like the original Resident Evil and like basically one through three. And then, like, Remake of 2 also has one. So what the randomizer does, if people aren't familiar with it, is it takes every item in the game and it, like, swaps their places. Um, But it doesn't change, like, their overworld presentation. So, like, I walk up to a first aid spray in the lobby of the police station, and it's an anti-tank rocket. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's nice. I'll go put that in the box. I don't really need that right now. Um, there are some challenges with it. It's like in like alpha, you know, um, because it's a mod and whatnot, but, and there's like, they have, you know, they have to implement all sorts of logic, like, okay, well this item can't be beyond this way because, Oh, we need X, Y, and Z to get through there. So, you know, to progress through the game, you need, you know, certain bits of logic to keep things running smooth but even with that you can soft lock yourself pretty easily uh just because like if you do things out of sequence like oh the helicopter that's supposed to crash doesn't crash and then so like oh you can run around freely through this area but then when you come back later and you run through there then the helicopter crashes and then it crashes your game <laughs> like oh dang i can't run this way apparently oh, so and man. like you know they're I have been able to find workarounds for most of that stuff. Like, oh, I can, okay, if that's going to crash there, I can just like take the long way and go around elsewhere to do it. Um, I haven't finished one yet, but I've done a few and like it's really interesting and like makes you think about the game in a whole new way. When you're getting like end game puzzle solution items like very early on, you're like, oh, well, okay. And then yeah. like running to fight the boss like immediately. 
like the first boss. You're just like, Oh, I got all the three things I need to open like a secret passage. Now I'm going to fight the boss and I'm going to do like the, the speed run strats and only use a knife because the knife has the highest DPS in the game based on frame rate. So it's, yeah, uh, that game's still very good. Uh, the mods for it are very horny. Yep. That's think, not surprising. Uh, there's like clean face mods too. Like what? I just don't, I just don't get, I don't get it. There's so much porn. It, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's not, Pat, it's not. There's a lot of teenagers on the internet. Yeah, but it's there's true. so much. You could just, you could, you could. Oh, there's so much porn. Some people just why? want a pretty lady. <laughs> How do you, why does it, are you, are you like playing Resident Evil 2 one-handed or something? Like, wh- I mean, they're not like, I, I mean, mean, well, the 2B one is like real horny, but the, the other ones are just like, uh, it's Claire, but we made her pretty uh, hotter. I don't know. Like, I just like don't we understand. made her face different. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not expecting any of you to have the answers. Game's, the game's third person, and uh, we got to make Claire's face look better. <laughs> what? You don't even see her face through most I mean, of it. I mean, you do in cutscenes and stuff, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's silly. But... Uh, and like you know, there's like aesthetic stuff, but like most of the costumes are for Claire, and they're like, of course they are. She's like she's a busty cop, you know. Uh, there's I one that turns Mister X into Darth Vader. <laughs> That's pretty. That's good. very good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Give me more of that. And they, there's like a first person mod. Um, is, is, is this one that takes Mr. X out completely. Uh, huh. you know, is, is there a Mr. X one that involves DMX? Uh, probably, I think you can just there probably is, just yeah. change the file. I mean, there is a thing, but I, I think that's like pretty easy to change yourself. You don't need cool. like a mod for, I don't know. But could you turn him uh, into DMX too? I don't know. I haven't seen that skin. Uh, I'm sure someone could, I just don't think they have, but, uh, it, did you ever finish or play more of that Alex? No, I got totally absorbed by like fire emblem and stuff. Mm. So I'll go back to it. I, I still, I own it now. I still haven't gotten through. I wanted to play through resident evil one. Cause it's not mm-hmm. that long before yeah. I played resident evil two. Cause I never finished resident evil one, even though I like mm-hmm. played tons of it and know what happens, but do you yeah. remember if there's substantive substantive story differences in Resident Evil One between the two character routes? Uh, very minor. That's yeah. what I thought. I think I'm just gonna play it once. Yeah, nothing yeah. worth You're replaying fine. for. Like it's yeah, the same fine. with, like I think like playing through both is cool because there's like a like the there's like a mid game sequence that's like yeah RA2 seems a little more significant yeah like there's there's a little yeah like the mid game for RE2 is pretty different and, and like, RE2 is stuff, good but, enough that it's fun to play it multiple yeah times. yeah like the I'm thing excited. not that the RE1 remake I started playing it again and um earlier in the week it's not that it's bad I mean it's it's yeah. a, it's it's a good remake but I I don't it's not something that I want to play more of for the yeah. game play because yeah, sure fine yeah I, I literally just before we did this podcast i did like i ran through the whole game in like an hour and a half yeah like just that's because cool. like that that's fun for me now is like totally i get it game, which i kind of wish that i had it on it's it was a i got it on xbox because i want to yeah. for like my narrative playing yeah. through it to to see everything i want to play it on 4k yeah. tv and it runs but, really well and like it looks great on like my ps4 yeah. Pro, so i'm sure it'll look great on the xbox one x it's, but uh, i kind of i actually 60 if i will probably pick it up on pc when it's like super cheap i don't think mm-hmm. i enjoy the like speed running aspect as much as you do to pay like yeah. 
30, $40 for it. But yeah. I would like to play around with some of that stuff on PC. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, like I've been wanting to do the randomizer stuff for a while yeah. uh, and it was fine. Like, okay, I can get it for like 35 bucks. Sure. I, I wish like Capcom would just like build that into the game. Like yeah. now, cause like it's been popular for quite a while. We should be like, okay, you know what? Here we go. Here's your randomizer. Uh, it's built with we, us and like, we thought about it. So like the logic works and like, it's not going to break, but do you think that it would be as good if Capcom made it? I, I don't see like with how good seven and resident evil two remake have been. I think they could totally do it. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, people are going to make it either way. So, you know, they don't have to, but I think it would be a cool thing for them to do. Uh, and they're shopping around, not shopping around, but like they're doing like closed alpha, like pre play test stuff, um, of some new game, resident evil game, uh, that they're doing. Like they're having like people come to like offices and play test something. (laughs) God. Oh man, if that's what it is. Uh, also, weirdly, Resident Evil Outbreak has like some like resurgence going on. Like people like are hacking together some servers and like playing that game. Weird. People love but, that game. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So I I don't know what the deal with that is. I was just watching a bit of a YouTube video of someone playing, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Resident Evil is real good. Like I even like six a little bit. Um. Anyway, anyone have anything they want to talk about before we sign off? No, I want to talk about comic books, but I don't want to do it here. Sam and I should talk about comic books at some point. That is fair. That'll be a long conversation. We've already gone quite long. Two hours. Everybody should read Jonathan Hickman's new X-Men series. That's all I'm saying about comic books. And just do what I did and have Sam give you the tools to go back to the beginning of Jonathan Hickman's Marvel career. Just read it all. Cause it's really good. Uh, like all right. substantially better than I expected it to be. And I had relatively high expectations coming in. Uh, yeah. The only yeah. other thing I've got is fuck the ESA. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That, yep. That should be, I think we talked talk about that last week. We did not. Oh, but yeah, no, uh, that, that should have sworn we Okay. Maybe not. Huh? I feel like I need to rent Resident Evil 2 now. I think I'll put it on my list. Like, it's it's not it's that spooky. Like, it's tense. And, like, the Mr. X stuff is, like, pretty... Can be, like, pretty tense. But, like, it's not that scary. I, don't, I, don't I find, know. usually, too, like, it's very scary until the first time you die. And then you see yourself get killed. And you're like, oh, okay, that's what happens if I fail. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you reload and try it again. That just becomes a challenge. That's yeah. how I've always found it in horror games like that that are not first person like mm-hmm. jump scare fests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh yeah, and this game I don't think is super jump scary. Oh man, the when the logic breaks though, it's really funny. Anyway, uh that's gonna do it for us on this episode eighty two. I never said this at the beginning. Okay, hey, okay, we gotta restart everybody All right, from let's, the top. Let's, from the top. <laughs> let's do this. Places, okay uh hello and welcome to gaming fix episode 82 on this august 10th 2019 i'm your host andre cole joining me today alex galinas hey my my info was leaked by the esa haha <laughs> uh-huh. great uh allison show me your gamer credentials oh i have a game boy 
<laughs> Where can people see your Game Boy? Uh, on my on my Twitter at w r i t e r s e r e n y t y. Actually, I don't have a picture of my Game Boy, but uh, I've been talking a lot about J pop lately, and that's very good. Gamer credentials revoked. Uh, Pat, where can people find your gamer credentials? You can find my gaming gamer gaming credentials, uh, I guess, at PJC Plays. But I haven't been tweeting that much because the the world is a fuck. Uh, Boy, the world is a fuck. Yeah, nineteen eighty four. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna try to avoid Twitter for a little bit because it's awful. There and I, everything is awful. Twitter for me, I, I, I've I've gotten way more into just like pop culture Twitter because I'm like. I, I need this to like yeah. be happy. That's yeah. that's fair. Uh, Sam, where can people find your gaming credentials? Uh, you come at me in the street, anytime, anywhere. Yeah. To show you his receipts. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> He's waving his receipts at us. Or right a now. Nintendo Pro Controller. And mocking me as a professional gamer, not just any. It's true. It's a, that's a, that is a professional controller. Yep. You have to be a certified professional to use it. They, uh, I had to show them my license. <laughs> uh, you can also find me on Twitter at sgch. Professional gaming license. Uh, that's the next ESA's next move. Uh, when E3 doesn't work out next year. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. You can find us wherever fine podcasts are sold. Uh, leave a review if you'd be so kind. Tell everybody how great we are. Tell a friend. Tell two friends. Then they'll tell two friends. Then they'll tell two friends. And they'll t- tell two friends. And everyone gives you a dollar. So you give us a dollar. <laughs> and then you recommend yeah. the podcast to your friends. And but they our, will give you a dollar. Our new Patreon where... Everyone gives us a dollar. I'm calling then, it pay triangle. You give us three dollars. Okay. Top of the triangle. You you give us three dollars, and then you tell two people to give you a do- two dollars a dollar each. Two dollars. That's how they make money. Two dollars. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Then they get a dollar. Then we need. F- mm. Sure. We get fifteen dollars. Yeah, we get three dollars. They, get- they get. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Anyways, multi-level marketing. Anyways, tune in next what? week. No, that's a crime. Don't. No, no, this no, is different. No, this is multi-level podcasting. It's called Pay Triangle. <laughs> it's my new Patreon subsidiary. So, so tune in next week, and we'll have honestly a good scheme. So you know, honestly. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye